0: Right, left, right, left, marching Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, marching When I wanna give in, feel like quitting Something keeps living inside me keeps yelling Tell me push on, push harder past the limit It's no time for the giving and stick to it when I'm giving them It's my all and so they march for the sergeant Ready to give it all up for the cause and just charge it. When I tell them to let it loose with the weapons you blasting it down the mannequin backing off up with they never to. never give up now without a fight just to save a life they would die give their life march 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 march
1: good morning warriors I am Timothy Lawson back for another episode of Fuel for Warriors. So excited for the show. I'm so excited for every show that I get to do. You have no idea how how just fascinated I am with all the guests that I have. I can't wait to talk to them. I want to hear about their their lives, their time in the military, their their time playing a certain sport, whatever else that they're doing in life. I want to talk to them. I want to learn from them. I want to hear them say something that we haven't heard yet here on the show. That is my goal Every time I talk to a guest and if I'm not doing that if you feel like you made it from front to back of an episode and didn't really get anything inspiring or new or insightful or entertaining out of it I want you to keep me accountable. Tweet at me at Tim Lawson 21 on Twitter and let me know hey. I was disappointed in your conversation. I was disappointed as you as a host. I think you could have done better. Maybe. Or if you just have, like, I would like to, if you have follow-up questions, I can get these people back on. We can get follow-up questions from them. If there's more you want to know from a guest, hit me up. Let me know. This is, this isn't just for me as a professional. This is for you as a listener. I'm bringing these conversations to you for your personal gain, for entertainment, for insight, all of that. This week... Chris Van Etten. Man, this guy, double amputee. He's got a great story out of Afghanistan. And when I say great story, I mean powerful. Not great as in like that thumbs up on, on what happened to you. But great as in he tells it really well. And, you know, there's there's a lot to learn from someone who can lose both of their legs and still move forward in life. Have a good sense of humor about it. And still take themselves very seriously and continue to grow. I talked to Chris originally on the Veteran Empire podcast. There's a really good conversation there. I'll I'll give you the link to that at the end of the show in case you want to re- if you want to learn more about Chris. He was on the vet, uh, the One Too Many Veteran Suicide podcast. He spoke about uh, a time where he contemplated suicide and it was very, you know, it takes a lot of courage to come forward and admit that, especially you know, when you know your peers and your family are going to listen. And so I was very excited when Lost Entertainment and Lock and Load Java decided to do this show, decided to do Fuel for Warriors. He was one of the first names that came to mind on people that I want on the show. So without further ado, I will let Carl say a couple words. And he always wants to get in a few words on each show. I suppose that it's his show just as much as it is mine. So I got to let him. We'll hear a few words from Carl and then uh, my really great interview with, uh, with Chris Van Etten. Hey Warriors, this is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk-takers who've embraced the warrior ethos.
0: I'm excited about Tim's interview with Marine veteran Chris Van Etten. He's a double amputee who has successfully transitioned into a
2: career as a fitness model. Love the way he's breaking the mold and making things
1: happen. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to lockandlowjava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIRIERS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. Alright, everybody, this week on Fuel for Warriors, I have a good friend of mine, one that I've never actually met, but I've done plenty of work with. Marine veteran Chris Van Etten. Sir, thank you so much for joining me again.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure.
1: Man, so we we originally connected, you know, back when I back when I was doing what I call the uh the what was his name Stokes is that the photographer's name
2: yeah Michael Stokes yeah
1: that's what I call the Michael Stokes series I I had Miley I don't know if Miley's worked with I don't think Miley's worked with Michael but uh through Miley I got connected with Alex and then you and then I think and then Michael actually introduced me to another veteran uh and I I call it my Michael Stokes series um but you we first talked on Veteran Empire we talked about um, you know the the event uh, that lost both of your legs, and I'll play the I'll play the audio from the Veteran Empire podcast uh, on that event, so people can understand what happened. And then you and then you graciously came on and talked to me briefly on the One Too Many Veteran Suicide podcast about the you know a time that you uh, had wondered about suicide and and where and you know where you were headed after that, and you know that was. Uh, that was a great episode. And then now we're here on Fuelful Warriors, and we're going to talk about challenges that you're currently facing in your daily, weekly routines, and then, you know, what continues to ultimately inspire you. Now that the audience has uh, gotten an idea of what, uh, you know, the event that took both of your legs. Um, it's easy to, I mean, we, we could probably quickly talk about how, uh, your daily challenges are not having any legs. (laughs) And and then the ultimate inspiration is to get through life with that without having any legs. But you know, you, um, you're what three years past that now is it, has it been about three years?
2: It's been a little over two, about two and a half. So it'll be three years next June.
1: And has it gotten any easier? Like physically, like I know mentally, you know, whatever it is, what it is. I mean, you even, you even mentioned, um, you know, on, on VE that like, you sort of accepted it, like the, the hour that it happened is like, Oh, well, no legs. Um, has it gotten physically any easier?
2: Um, you know, I wouldn't say, it's gotten easier. I'd have to say maybe if anything, I've just gotten more used to it. Okay. Um, the, you know, there's every day, um, without trying to sound too depressing, um, every day, you know, I walking my legs isn't exactly the most enjoyable experience. Right. Um, and you know, earlier this year, I, uh, I, you know, I had a surgery on my leg cause I had an infection and that took me off of it. And, And once I got back on it for like the first week, for some reason, even after being out of them for a month for the first week, walking just seemed weird to me. Um, And it took me about a week before I I got back used to it. So I wouldn't say easier, but um, a little more tolerance to, yeah, you just kind of learn to live with it and uh, take it for what it is.
1: Well, I know like even, even with the standard issue human body. If you go two weeks without walking, your legs begin to atrophy and you actually have to go through physical therapy to train your legs how to walk again properly. So I imagine that any setback that you have is just as challenging, if not more with, you know, I mean, you have things, I mean, what, what is, what exactly is, uh, I mean, you said it's not the most uh, enjoyable or most pleasant thing. You know, we see amputees walking around with their, you know, with their prosthetics, whatever rig that they have. What exactly is happening there? Like with your leg, like where, where is like discomfort and where is the challenge in, in moving all of that?
2: So since I'm both, um, and above the knee and a below the knee, Um, they both have kind of different ways of walking, um, with my above the knee, because I don't have that knee, it's a lot more core and it's a lot more like driving, driving what is left of your leg through so that it tells, you know, your prosthetic, all right, I'm walking, I'm about to take a step. It sounds a lot more complicated than it really is, but. Um, at the same time, you know, it's, it, it takes a lot of practice with my below the knee on my right side though. It's, um, it's, it's pretty easy actually. It's just, you basically just have to pick up your leg. But the problem with the right side is all of the weight of, of my entire body is, is focused at the very bottom of my stump, which, you know. With walking, it maybe it, it takes a little bit longer. But if I'm like standing in one place for a long period of time, it can it can really start to irritate that because you, your leg it wasn't designed to hold your body weight, you know, mid leg. Your body was designed to support its weight at the feet. Yeah. So that being said, even at, you know almost three years into it, you know it's it's still going to be uncomfortable. Um, whereas you know my left leg. It's cool, they kind of designed it to where the body weight is kind of dispensed throughout the rest of my stump the way that they have it set up um not only that, but the little sit bone in your butt is utilized as well, which is really helpful, so you know on one side it's it's a little bit more comfortable to be in, but it's harder to walk in and then on my right side it's 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 switched around so
1: okay. interesting. Just yeah. a, a, something that you know, uh, I, I would never know. I would never be able to like look at, it and be like, oh, I, I think that's what's going on here. Um, yeah,
2: it, it's something that you just kind of have to, I guess,
1: experience for yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, no well offense, let's but hope. Let's that hope you don't. Happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. When uh when I was talking to Alex uh, uh Alex Minsky for the first time I I sort of asked him the whole what's it like to be working with what, you know, when he first started using a prosthetic and his first response was hey man we can hook you up I got an axe to so just get one swift chop to that leg and you you can come join us and I was like no nope, no nope, no nope. gonna um, I'm all about life experiences but um yeah. i'll just i'll just ask you guys for the time being
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a better idea
1: yeah so i mean hi i mean how do you get around i mean are you on a wheelchair most of the time then no no actually
2: um so you are on you your know, legs then most yeah of the time. okay the, the most honestly the most that you'll ever i'm ever in my wheelchair like my wheelchair doesn't ever leave my house okay unless um like i just went to breckenridge to go mono skiing um earlier um this month <laughs> And I brought my wheelchair there just because it's a lot easier to get around in a wheelchair than it was to try to walk, you know, out into the snow and whatnot. So, yeah. um, but really, besides maybe events like that, and in my house, I'm I'm in my legs. Just it's a lot more. It's it's a it makes life a lot easier I when I can walk somewhere because as much as this world has tried to accommodate for disabled people. It's still not anywhere where it needs to be. And so it's just nice knowing that I can walk upstairs if I have to. Yeah. Or I can, I can be in a, in a tight space without forcing people to move too much out of my way. And I can just, you know, operate like a regular person.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was going to be my next question because, um, you know, my lady friend and I, you know, have, have talked about how, you know, I, my, my apartment residence has, has a, um, has an elevator, right? So uh, there, there's accommodation there, but her, her place, there's, there's nothing, you know, there's just, there's outdoor stairs and, you know, it's, you don't really realize it unless you have to be challenged with the, whether you know, whether it's yourself or like a family member or a friend, but you know, we realized if, if we, if we had a friend who was who was in a wheelchair, they wouldn't be able to visit her house or her place, you know, because they, you know, she's on a third floor and there's only stairs. And you start to when you start, when you notice the first one, you start realizing like all these different areas that like, Oh man, if like someone in a wheelchair wouldn't be able to access this building. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So this people get, this may sound insensitive to the audience, but anybody who's um, heard my conversations with people probably won't be surprised. Do you fall? (laughs) <laughs> like uh <Yeah. laughs> I, I mean I, I just i only act because i i i can't imagine trying to like constantly be stable on those things i mean do you is is stability and balance uh an issue for you or is that something you've been able to overcome quite quickly
2: i i fall from time to time but i like to think it's no more than a regular person who trips and falls i'm very conscious about where i place my feet okay um But every now and again, there'll be like a a little divot in the road or sidewalk that I just didn't catch and it'll you know, it'll, it'll hit my foot. But, um, you know, nine times out of 10, I'll be able to catch myself if that does happen. Sure. So, and of course with working out, you know, I work out my core a lot. I work out, um, my legs, um, as well. So with working out, that also helps me with my balance with keeping stable,
1: how does working out your legs work then?
2: Basically, I just... I do really light weights. Like, what I'll normally do is just, like, leg extensions or the leg press machine. And I'll do... You know, nothing crazy, probably about 100 pounds. But I'll just... I'll do really slow reps just to kind of... Um, get as much of that workout in as, as, as I can. But I don't want to overexert myself because, you know, if I blow out my knee or if i hurt myself then you know i'm not going to be walking for a while and right don't want that's that. yeah exactly
1: yeah um okay so i mean what are you what are you doing right now um you know the last time we talked you were trying to get into some fitness modeling uh you had worked with uh you know michael stokes and um you i had seen you in a couple other uh, series and, and publications so what are you doing uh, now are you still modeling or are there new aspirations
2: so uh, yeah I'm I'm still doing the modeling it's uh, I haven't done too many things I've been kind of focused on um, a few of my own personal I guess agendas um, for this year trying to get myself where I want um, size-wise for fitness I just got a motorcycle which I Am in love with. I'm back on. <laughs> I'm back on two wheels, um, which has been uh, since day one something that I have been wanting to do. And uh, I know this kind of sounds random out of the blue, but I've actually decided that I want to start trying to go to school for uh, for music, like uh, audio engineering. No kidding. Um, yeah. To, okay. Um, I'm actually meeting up with some people. Who's gonna kind of help me? You know, maybe even make up like my own like kind of EDM sound. Okay, I you don't know. It sounds like something interesting, something you know I've always been fascinated with.
1: Are you into EDM music then?
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, I I listen to it when I work out. I listen to it when I drive.
1: Who's uh? Who's your favorite DJ in that that realm? So
2: that comes with like I feel like every music I don't really have a favorite like there's do
1: you find yourself listening to the most um like for myself it's Tiesto yeah you know what I like oh man you
2: know it's it's hard because it's always caught between like Tiesto is good there's a couple songs by Avicii that he's done okay that's pretty good um so I, don't, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know if
1: you're aware, but Tiesto does a, a podcast called Tiesto's Club Life. Uh, I did not
2: know that actually.
1: Yeah, and every every week it's like a it's like a 45 to 60 minute long mix of just a bunch of awesome songs. Um, oh, nice. yeah, if you go if you go into iTunes and search, this is this is a good recommendation for anybody if you're into EDM, dance music, whatever. Uh, if you go to go into iTunes or even on YouTube, I think it's on YouTube, you search Tiesto's Club Life, uh, you'll find that program. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, one it's, it's, I've been listening to it for like five years or since like 2008, I've been in TSO's club life and he can, continue, he's continued to do it week after week after week. It's been, it's amazing. Nice. Yeah. So tell us about the motorcycle, man. This has to have piqued a lot of people's interest. I was definitely, we actually postponed this interview so that way you could get your motorcycle and we could talk about it. Tell me about your, the motorcycle. How does it work? Like how, how does a double amputee work that bike?
2: So it's uh again it's not as as complicated as it sounds. um,
1: (laughs) Come on, man! You got to make it sound impressive,
2: though. (laughs) You got to make it sound
1: like you're out there slaving to get that bike going.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll try my best. Uh huh. So uh, so basically, every all the controls that you would use for a regular motorcycle that's on you know the pegs or on the floorboards. Um, you know, like the brake and the and the shift selector, they transfer that up to the handlebars. So I have both my front and my rear brake on my um, on my right side. and I just, you know, it's I just pull those both back and it operates the same as a regular bike does. okay. And then on my left side, I have a it's called a clicktronic system, and basically what it does is, uh, you know, pull the clutch in. And I press um, a button to either upshift or downshift, and this hydraulic that sends a signal to this hydraulic system that will either shift it for shift the shift selector for me. Okay. Very reliant on on technology, but oh, I'm sorry, and then I forgot about the landing gear um, system, which the landing um, it's, gear. Yeah,
1: does, it's. Does this thing it's, fly?
2: <laughs> no. Oh. What it's what it's supposed to do is uh, you know the name kind of um explains it as as i'm slowing down or if i'm at a stop these two wheels come out and they operate kind of like kind of like training wheels but yeah um it's designed to help keep the bike stable and upright yeah and the the thought process is i don't have to put my legs down right when i come to a stop dude that is so awesome it, it is It is really cool. However, I, me being the person that I am, I like knowing that I can rely on myself to do that. Right. So I got myself this new knee with these two kind of hydraulic compressors in there. And so what it does is when I do come to a stop, I put my own feet down and the hydraulics in my leg will actually help me keep the bike stable now on my right side i can you know i have my knee, so it helps me with balance a little bit more sure but on my left side that hydraulic leg really helps out i honestly kind of trust that a little bit more than i trust my other leg um it's that good and, uh, that just kind of keeps, that's one less thing that I have to try to remember to do. Cause how do, you,
1: how do you discover these sort of legs? Like, are you subscribed to prosthetics weekly or something? And it's like, Oh, check out the new legs on the market. Like how, uh, how do you, how do you discover all this technology that you can, uh, here's, uh, yeah. First answer that question. Then I have another, I have a follow-up.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like with, I mean, you ask any amputee, we're always looking at, you know, what's out there and what can benefit. What are what we're trying to accomplish the most? There's been this leg that this, um, I forgot his name, you know, but he was a moto, he you know, does motocross and he was lost his leg above the knee and he had been trying to find a way to get back into riding. And so he came up with this moto knee, which has like kind of like a car suspension, you know, with the dampening and whatnot, and it worked really well. And so people have just kind of been making variations of that for different things. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my my prosthetist, the guy that does my prosthetics. Just make sure that everyone knows specifically what that is. <laughs> um, I was talking to my prosthetist uh-huh. and he, I was telling him, I was like, you know, I'm trying to think of what knee would be best for this. And so he told me, all right, you know, there's this new knee that's on the market. If you want to try it, you know, I'll order it for you. And so... We got it and I tried it and I loved it and I've been using it ever since
1: That's awesome. so how many how many legs do you own like each indi- uh, each individual leg whether it's for the one or the other?
2: So I own I own three sets. I own um, a riding leg, my everyday walking around leg and then I have um, those running blades as well, which I admittedly do not use as much as I probably should.
1: Okay. So do you, do you always get them in a pair then? Um, for the most part, like my,
2: my riding legs, since I don't need anything on my right side, I usually just use my regular, um, the leg that I use for everything on my right side.
1: How big is that foot then? Is it made to be as big as like your original feet were? So your body is already accustomed to that, that surface, uh, area on the ground or is it, is it, uh, yeah. How does that work?
2: so i want to say it's it's probably average man foot size so like 10 <laughs> 10 or 11 like a size 10 or 11 okay. i don't know i i'm a size I, you know i have size 11 feet um and they look about the same size i think it's just whatever size they could fit the hydraulic into is the size i made it
1: okay so they, but it had, had nothing to do with what your original foot uh shoe size was
2: no i don't think so
1: okay wow okay so uh how, how often are you out on this motorcycle
2: uh sh- any chance i get that's i awesome. mean so jealous yeah i
1: i'm jealous because you're you're in you're you're in san diego right yeah yeah so you yeah, riding weather is still it's uh, riding
2: season all year long
1: guys so jealous my motorcycle's <laughs> in a garage at the weights uh
2: yeah no that's i mean that's one of the perks of living down here is you know i I tried it. Actually, we're going up to a friends in Marietta for Christmas. And I convinced a friend of mine to take my little brother's while I rode my motorcycle just so I could get an extra 50 miles. in.
1: That's awesome, man. So let's get into some of the challenges that you're facing in different areas. Let's uh, I mean, let's start with the motorcycle. What are what are some challenges you still face? Uh, you you talked about, you know, overcoming, you know, that balance and, and you know, stopping challenge. What, what are other challenges to riding that that bike around?
2: Foot placement is a is a big thing. Um, when I stop, I gotta make sure I put my foot down at you know a good time. Otherwise, no, I do have the possibility of catching it on something and then I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory what would happen if that, you know, if I if I did.
1: Yeah. Um, I I remember I remember pulling into a parking garage one time and I had dress shoes on because I was just coming back from work and I put my dress shoe, I stepped right on like an oil spotch. And fortunately, it caught traction before the and took before all of me and the bike tipped over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's 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 really. I mean, I think every motorcyclist has had a odd foot placement occurrence, and some of them end up with the motorcycle being on its side.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I've I haven't luckily had a foot slippage, but I have actually when I was coming back on my last ride previously i stopped by my tattooist to show my bike and the curb is kind of like there's a down slope on the road and i was parking on the curb trying to get my kickstand down um and i have to i i haven't yet figured out how to rig up a design to where i can just like i don't know pull a string to get my kickstand out okay so i was like bending down to pull my kickstand out and i kind of lost My stability on my right side, and before I could get it back, my bike was so far over that I ended up laying it down. Hmm. And uh, my tattooist actually had to come out and help me get it back up because it. I mean, it's a big bike. It's a you know Harley Road Glide. It's I'm going to say like 870 something pounds dry weight. Yeah, it's a big. And then of course, knowing me, I you know have to feel like I have to prove something to everyone, and I get the biggest and bulkiest bike out there. (laughs) so um
1: that thing is big
2: it's it's extremely big and I I didn't realize just how much until I wrote it for the first time um but I I love it like I wouldn't trade her for anything
1: yeah I bet um, I bet man it's um you know once you become a motorcyclist it just becomes part of your identity and you know I remember when my my second motorcycle got stolen I wasn't even upset that like the the financial part of it obviously was like pissed me off, but like yeah. like I feel like someone stole part of like who I was. You know, like oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's almost if someone and you know people can laugh at this if they're if they're not into something this much, but I feel like someone had like tampered with my family. You know, like that was you know, that's a that was a part of me that someone took away. It, it just oh, it made me so angry.
2: Oh yeah, no, I can only imagine.
1: Um, yeah, so you know, uh, modeling. You know, what are you know? We've I've talked to you know Alex and Miley and Shannon Erky and a handful of models, and you know, modeling comes with a lot of challenges. Um, it take you know, one, just being a good model is challenging, and two, you know, finding that right set of regular work I know is challenging. What what are, what challenges are you facing as uh, as you pursue some some modeling? So
2: the, the biggest challenge, um, that I've kind of noticed is just, if you don't keep with it, if you're not actively searching for jobs or you're not actively showing yourself or getting yourself out there for jobs, um, it's, it's very easy to kind of get stagnant. I haven't had, you know, after my surgery, um, I stopped looking for jobs or stopped trying to find jobs and, um. And I, you know, it. If if you're not actively pursuing it, it it, it will, you know, it will stop. Yeah. So that's a big challenge. And then there's the obvious one of you've always got to be in shape, because um, you you know you you don't know you could be checking email and then all of a sudden this big company's like, hey, we want to shoot you for this gig, but you've got to be here tomorrow. And you know, like me, I'm you know bulk. I'm trying to bulk up, trying to get you know the last bit of, of size on, but you know, on a on a normal day, you know, I try to stay as lean and as in shape as possible.
1: Yeah.
2: Um just because in case something like that does happen.
1: What challenges do you face just with the, just with the type of model that you are? Do you find that you're being sort of pigeonholed into a certain type of modeling because you're, uh, because you a military background and you're, um, you know, you're, you're, I don't know what you call yourself, but, you know, you're double amputee Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you find, is that giving you more opportunity or is that almost segmenting your opportunity too much?
2: You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's times where me being, um, not only a veteran, but a double amputee has, given me kind of a step forward but at the same time there's
1: giving you a leg up <laughs> yeah yeah
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, yeah exactly no and then there's other times where um, I feel like that's not what they're looking for um, right. I noticed that anyone who kind of wants something different something edgier usually goes for amputees a lot of people in London Um, Are in the in the UK, especially, I've noticed that that's become a big thing. So, you know, maybe sometime this year I'm going to see if I can't maybe do some work out there.
1: Do you Um, um, are you are you independently searching for gigs or do you have an agent working for you?
2: I am at, at this moment right now. I'm independently searching.
1: Okay, gotcha. And then, you know, maybe just in your day to day life, your weekly routines, you know, where where do you find yourself Coming to a reoccurring challenge, and what are you doing to get better at dealing with that those challenges?
2: Um, on, on a day to day basis, probably just I don't know. Sometimes I can I catch myself being lazy because I don't feel like putting my legs on. Um, <laughs>
1: I just see you sitting on the couch, So you're like, "I'm not putting that shit on today." Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to play the, Call of Duty for three hours.
2: <laughs> exactly. No, there's there's definitely days where you know, especially when I have had a busy schedule and maybe it's like my first day to kind of relax, but i you know, got to go run some errands or something. It is very challenging for me to just be like, all right, come on, you mean, put it, your legs on. You got to get it done.
1: I mean, so what does that mean to put your legs on? I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit more, a little bit more complex than just throwing on a couple a pairs of shoes. You know, like how, I mean, does it take a little while to put on your legs properly?
2: Yeah. So it's, um, in a nutshell to, to put on my legs probably takes about probably about two or three minutes if kind of rushing it. Okay. Um, just because you've got to put on your liners, which is like the first, it's kind of like the underwear okay. of the, of the socket or of the prosthetics. It's what holds the prosthetic on and it's what keeps it, um, held onto your skin so it's kind of like a non it's not a sticky material but it like it doesn't leave like a sticky residue but it's supposed to hold onto your skin um and so you put that on and once you put that on you've got to put on like on my right side i have a what they call a sock ironically um and it's basically like this thing that i wrap around um that i throw onto the bottom of my stump that not only kind of cushions things, but it kind of fills in any sort of maybe gap that there is between the liner and the prosthetic. Um, so I put that on and I've got to, on my left leg, I have to spray it down with some alcohol to kind of help get it on better. Um, and then after that, you got to try to get up and you got to make sure that you're fer- seated into those sockets as possible. And... Then it's just a process of making sure everything's aligned properly. and uh, Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: Okay. so those days that you're lazy and you finally get yourself to throw on, throw on your legs, you know, and you've been through a lot in the past few years and uh, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's getting you out of bed every morning? What's, what's making you accomplish those things that you otherwise wouldn't, if you didn't have a certain inspiration, what is ultimately inspiring you day to day?
2: Um, my ultimate inspiration is honestly just to show everyone out there that people with amputees are no different than any other able-bodied person or, or anything else that we're able to, to do just as much as anybody else. And not just for other people to see that, but to prove to myself as well, you know, staying active is extremely important to me and, 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 you know, even when I do want to be lazy, you know, after a day or two of that, I'm just like, I'm crazy. I'm going stir crazy. I got to go find something to do. And it's just, it, that's what that's what keeps me sane. That's what keeps me going is um, just proving to, to everybody and proving to myself that, you know, I'm the same person I was, if not a better person.
1: Chris. Dude, it's always a pleasure, man. It's always great talking to you. Uh, and there's there's a lot of great uh, information on this. I I've become a a more informed person on you know what it's like to to work with prosthetics. And that motorcycle sounds amazing. I need. I figured we were doing something like that. Like we as like society, like someone was doing uh, making something like that. I just never knew like how it would work. And I never even thought about like the little the little the landing gear piece. That was really. That was really interesting. When I uh, when I come out to uh, when I come out to Southern California, I'll have to some find someone to lend me a motorcycle and we'll go riding together.
2: You know what? I got a buddy that works at the Harley Davidson down in Orange County. I'm sure that he wouldn't have a problem letting you rent a bike.
1: Love that. Love that, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me, man. And keep. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk again in the future.
2: Oh, for sure, man. For sure.
1: Man, I love talking to Chris. Love it so much. I actually just recently got to meet him in person for the first time. We had uh, we had done plenty of things together, you know, virtually with these podcasts and other things. but uh, I just recently met him back in uh, what January, late January, I think, maybe early February. And he was out in DC with Devin Mitchell, who does the ve- the Veteran Vision Project. Finally, got a chance to meet him. So great to sit down and, and share a meal and and chit chat with him. Uh, he's just just as friendly in in real life as as he is on all of my shows. So big thank you to Chris for for not ever really knowing me, continually coming back to my programs and being a guest. I'm really appreciative of that. I'm really grateful. At lockandloadjava.com, go cop yourself some some coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, even if you're not a coffee drinker, they got some cocoa, they got uh uh they got some gear, you know, that you can get uh, to make your coffee experience better. You know, nothing says a better cup of coffee without a without a new mug. And I believe veteranempire.com slash Chris Vanetten is is my original interview with Chris, and I only note that because that interview has a lot of a lot more backstory into uh, what happened to him in Afghanistan. So check that out. Thank you for listening. I'm Tim. On behalf of Carl and Lori and the rest of us here at Lock and Load Java, I'll see you next week.
0: Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, marching. Left, right, left, right, left. Right, left, marching. When I wanna give in, feel like we Something keeps living inside me, keeps yelling. Tell me, push on, push harder, past the limit. It's no time for the giving and stick to it when I'm giving them. It's my all and so they march for the sergeant. Ready to give it all up for the cause and just charge it. When I tell them to let it loose with the weapons, you blasting it down the mannequin, backing off what they never do. Never give up, not without a fight. Just to save a life, they would die, give their life. March, 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 marching. marching, 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 marching. March, 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 march,